At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super producer. Greetings, Jason. everyone. <laughs> hey, so, so we know you know why we know this episode is going to be so good today, tonight? You know why, Jason? Oh, yeah, because we were going to have it last week. <laughs> we had a few we... technical difficulties that halted that experience, but uh, we've been eagerly awaiting, like because beavers. Every, t- every like, like beavers. Like, like beavers. Eager, eager beavers <laughs> waiting Holy for tonight. S- wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, Opie. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because every time we have an episode – it has the technical difficulties that we had that we had last week. It always turns out to be really good. So, so now the pressure's on Jason. So don't screw it up, okay? Let's just let's just make this episode good. Indeed. So, <laughs> so before I inter- introduce our guest, um, I just want to remind everybody that you know if you have an experience, if you have a story, if you have uh, something you want to share, get a hold of us on um, our Facebook pages. Uh, from the Shadows podcast Facebook page, the After the Shadows forum page, which uh, is where most of most of our uh, conversations with uh, uh, listeners happens. Or you can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author. Uh, find our From the Shadows podcast um, page on Instagram, or just go to the website from the shadows podcast and, and contact us. Um, that's the best way. Send us an email or whatever. Um, because we do, we do want to, we do want to hear from, from people 
and uh, hopefully have have some more guests on with uh, firsthand experiences like uh, like the one we have tonight. So because um, he came to us from a get a previous guest, Happy, who was from Georgia, who got a hold of me through Instagram. So um, just keep that. Uh, referral process going. There is no like $50 prize for referral. Sorry, Happy. I know you're going to be listening, but uh, maybe. <laughs> hey, we get one step closer <laughs> to finding the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's just satisfaction. That's it. Just satisfaction. We're on a quest right. for knowledge. We're going to figure and out these hey, cryptids. And bef- hey, before I, um, and before we introduce the guests, I just want to let everybody know that we finally got the theme song in its entirety up on Spotify, Apple music, anywhere you listen to music. I know people have asked us over the years, where can we hear the theme song? Where can we download it? Um, it's on search. YouTube also. It, yeah, but we don't make any money if they go just listen to it on YouTube. So don't pay any attention to what Jason just said. Go to these other, <laughs> go to these other platforms. You can search Mike Allen. Mike Allen, A-L-A-N, and the, the actual title of the song is In the Shadows, not From the Shadows, it's In the Shadows. So if you want to check that out, our song out in its entirety, um, we'll put a link up on uh, on our Facebook pages and stuff, and you can go check that out. I know Mike, Mike's a great artist. He'd appreciate uh appreciate you checking out checking out his other stuff too so so with that being said we're going to introduce our guest who is another um who's another bigfooter bigfoot experiencer bigfoot uh has had some bigfoot sightings and some other cool stuff from from georgia um johnny two bears welcome to the show hey guys appreciate you having me i am happy to be here glad the uh the goblins and the trolls got out of the computers and my <laughs> yeah, cell phone and everything yeah, else. It yeah, was, we ran it them was all off. my fault. We, were, we uh, ran 100%. them off. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> but if any goblins or, or trolls want to show up and, and talk to us during the program, that would be even better. That would be fantastic. It sure so. would. <laughs> yes, I'm not so sure I can handle that, so wait till I'm done. <laughs> and then the trolls can have it. We'll study. So, so, we'll put one in the garage. We'll study him, and we'll, I've seen we'll enough. Give, we'll, <laughs> we'll give some updates. So, so Johnny, tell tell our listeners a little bit about about yourself, and um, you know, we'll get to your get to the Facebook page and the podcast and stuff that you guys uh, uh, that you guys do. But let's just get started with tell us a little bit about you, and then this journey into you know your experiences. All right. Um, well, as of right now, we, uh, and I know it's kind of a, people aren't real happy with the term, but I guess it's because nobody knows what else to say, but I guess you can call me a Sasquatch researcher because, uh, I go looking for Bigfoot during my spare time just takes too long to say, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you got to well, call it something, I guess. Well, well, we differ. Like, so we've had people ask us that, and because we don't, I mean, we've only been out once, maybe to to you know on a uh, on a research mission. 
I like Jason. And I like to call ourselves Bigfoot enthusiasts. So, but you're, that's I think a great more, word too, man. I mean, that's, that works for me. You know? it, really, so, it really doesn't matter to me. It's just a, you know, a descriptive of what, that's how I spend my, my, uh, that's what I'm infatuated with. And after I tell everybody everything that's happened, they'll probably understand, but we run a, uh, I am located in Georgia and I have uh, a few people that, that work with me on the podcast and the Facebook page, but the page is the Sasquatch encounter brigade. And we've got a YouTube channel that we put stuff on. And, uh, you know, we've got a Facebook page. Basically we we focus on sightings and information coming from former military, uh, law enforcement and people you know just hunters or people from the hunting industry and the reason why we focus on that because i'm i'm a marine i was uh, prior marine corps infantry my partner he was an officer in the army and uh he was a ranger and i'll get to all that later but he had a sighting actually it was only been about three years ago on a military base but uh that's pretty much what we're doing and uh you know i'm uh Basically, look, it all started with activity around my property. So I guess I'll go back to the very beginning when I moved to where I'm at now in uh, 2011. And basically, I live about, I don't know, a little over a half a mile off the road back in a hole in the woods. And there's a wildlife management area behind me. And then there's one house in front of me about 100 yards and then one more so i've got i got two neighbors and they're all one's 200 yards away one's 100 yards away in front of me so we moved out here in the middle of nowhere in the woods we're kind of we're semi-rural you know we're not super out in the sticks but we're we're kind of right on the edge between that management area and then when you know the the town gets a little thicker but we moved here in 2011 and I'm just going to give a little personal information just because it's, it comes into play with the, the, uh, very first event, basically by, I got back from Iraq, the end of 2003, got home, got off my active duty time, went in the reserves, became a firefighter, did that for three years and about 2000 and let's see. Three, five, eight, about 2008, my entire life just completely fell apart personally. And, uh, you know, with my jobs and everything else, basically just had some real bad family stuff happen through death and divorce. My entire family basically just broke to pieces. And then shortly after that, I got in a really, really bad accident. It almost killed me. The doctors actually told my parents I had about a 2% chance to make it through the surgery that I had to go through. And, uh, but I made it. Now I had been, you know, in, at 18, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, uh, a Bible thumper. I'm not going to try to convert anybody on your show here, but I am Christian. And starting at 18, it became a pretty big part of my life. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of faith and all that stuff, but, when all this crazy stuff happened and it fell apart, you know, I basically lost my family. I lost because of the wreck and the injuries I had. I lost my, uh, all my careers. I couldn't be a firefighter or a Marine anymore. So I basically had to start over. And let me tell you, I was extremely angry. You know, I went from being, uh, I thought I was Mr. Billy Badbutt 
you know, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And, uh, you know, you go through something like that and it really shows you exactly what you're made out of. We are very, we are very fragile. You know, life is very fragile. I knew that, you know, by going through war and the job I had, but I didn't ever think it would happen to me. And it did. So my faith kind of fell off. You know, I still, I still believed in God, but I'll be honest with you, I hated him. I actually remember the night I turned up and told him he could F off, that I was done with him. <clears throat> so uh, I met my wife in 2009, and I kind of started coming out of my slump. We got married, had a kid, and then about two years later, things didn't go great. We got separated, and uh, I actually moved to the house we're at now, which is way back in the woods, like I said, by myself, lived here about six months. We got back together. She moved in, uh, probably made it another six months and things we weren't doing good. And, uh, we finally had a fight that was horrible. This was, so we moved here 2011. So 20 summer of 2012 is when this first incident happened. Now I, like I said before, I'd pretty much, you know, totally turned my back on God and, eventually started trying to get some of that back trying to fix my life but it wasn't happening very fast at all so her and i had some bad bad stuff going on we got in a huge argument and uh that night in 2012 summer 2012 i was done i looked at her and i said i'm packing my stuff i'm leaving tomorrow i'm done and basically everything up into this point had been my fault but uh she was finally wrong so i finally had an excuse you know to uh to get out and uh, I had two kids at the time too. I still have two kids. I didn't lose them. But uh, so basically we got in this huge fight and uh, told her I was done. And she went back to the bedroom. She was actually laying in bed, reading the Bible. I left, I went to Subway, came back, ate my sandwich, thinking about what I'm gonna do, where, in the heck, where am I gonna live, all this other stuff. I started getting this feeling like uh, like I wanted to go outside. I've got these big, huge rocks in my front yard. And I started, I actually saw it in my head, me laying out on this rock, looking at the sky. And I'm like, what kind of hippie crap is this? Like, why do I feel like I want to go lay on a rock? But I did it. I went and grabbed a pillow and I went out and I laid on this big rock. And I'm a smoker and this will come into play later on in the stories, but so I'm standing there the, or laying on this rock and my house is to my left. So I'm laying parallel with the house and I get done with my cigarette and I go to lean on my left shoulder towards my house and this big ball of light about the size of maybe a soccer ball in between a soccer ball and a basketball comes flying out of the woods. It's orangish red. It's probably... 20 feet off the ground and it's flying it's probably doing about 25 miles an hour and goes and disappears behind the house and it goes about it's about the back side of my house is two stories it was about the height of the gutter if that tells you anything but it disappeared behind the house well i freaked out first thing i thought was ufo because before this the only thing that i even believed in was God, which I'd already had a hard time believing in to begin with, and uh, 
the possibility of UFOs. I wasn't even sold on that yet. But I thought, hey, you know, that's got to be what it is. It's a UFO. So I jumped up and I ran to the other side of my house thinking it was going to come out the other end. Well, it didn't. So it freaked me out. So I ran inside and uh, went and checked on my kids in their bedrooms. Nothing's happening. And uh, begrudgingly, I went in there to my wife. I'm like, hey, look, I know we're fighting right now, but uh, I just saw this big ball of light fly behind the house. And I didn't see it come out. I don't know what it was. And she said, well, you know, I don't know what it would be, but the only thing we can do is pray about it. And I'm like, you know, that really is all I'm going to do. What am I, I mean, I got swords and guns and knives. What am I going to do? Shoot a ball of light? You know, there's nothing I can do. This is out of my, it was, I, I felt kind of helpless and a little scared and a little confused with all this stuff going on. And I prayed, I'm like, you know, God, what? I don't know what this thing is, but, uh, Please protect us, protect our family. So I get done talking to her and I walk out and I go in the living room, look around, don't see anything, go outside. I actually heard something. It sounded like something was on the roof. So I went out there and I had a flashlight and a gun. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. So I come back in. I sit down on the couch. I turn the TV on and then my I hear my wife scream my name and it was blood curdling. It's like... Uh, like there was a saber-toothed tiger laying in bed with her or something. I mean, it was horrible. I'd never heard her scream like that ever. So I, I jumped up, went over the back of the couch, ran in there, and she's laying there in bed, and she's got the covers pulled up, like right under her no nose like a kid. And she said, I saw it. I said, you saw what? She said, that ball of light. I'm like, what? Well, what happened? And uh, she says that, she got done reading the Bible. She put it down. Uh, she clicked the light off. And right before she went to pull the covers up, this little bitty ball of light about the size of a pea appeared in front of her about two feet away from her face. She said it was as bright as a burning, the end of a lit cigarette at night is how bright it was. And then she screamed and then it went away. Well, I went and got the kids, put them in bed with us. Uh, turn all the lights on in the house. She stayed in bed. I walked around, you know, kind of patrolling the area, looking for something. Nothing happened for hours. I finally got the kids up, put them in bed, back in their bed, and uh, turned all the lights out. It's probably about 3 a.m. And I went and uh, went in our bedroom. Same thing. I turned the lights out. I got in bed, and I went to pull the covers up, and bam, to the left-hand side, same thing she said, two feet away was this little bitty ball of light, an orb, really bright. It was the same color as the same one that I saw outside, except it was little bitty now. Now it's about the size of a, of a pea, pretty much. I looked at it, and I reached over, and I hit my wife, and I said, it's back. And then when I looked back, it was gone. So I turned she got up. We went through the whole process of getting the kids again, putting them in bed, blah, blah, blah. Nothing else happened that night. Well, that week, she was freaked out, and I was I was kind of freaked out, but I was kind of intrigued at the same time. Like, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. I'd never even, at that time, I'd never even heard of orbs. But throughout the week, I kept seeing what I thought was the same little ball of light coming in and out of my fireplace. Like, I'd see it out of the corner of my eye and look, and then it'd be gone. 
Well, I mean, this is this is summertime, so it's not like I had a fire in there and there was embers or anything else. But I never could get a good good look at it. Well, after about a week of this, uh, you know, my wife was still pretty freaked out, and she works from home. She does shipping and stuff like that, and uh, she told me she needed stuff from downstairs. Would I go down there with her? And I said, well, how about I just stay at the top of the stairs? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So she walked down the stairs, got a couple shipping envelopes or whatever. And as she's making her way back up, she gets halfway up the stairs and that little ball of light appears right above her head, probably about a foot above her head. And as she takes, as she steps, I think it was maybe two or three steps as she's coming up, the thing is stuck in the same position right above her head and as she comes up it's coming up with her right above her i didn't say a word in fact i didn't tell her about that until about i don't know when it was it was probably six months or more later on before i even told her that because i knew if i told her that happened she would probably want to leave right then and never come back or it would scare her so bad she'd fall down the stairs something but that was the last time we saw that and that it took me a while. My take on it was, and it, it, like I said, I thought, I thought it was UFO for so long. You know, I didn't. It, it's the only thing I knew. But when I thought about, when my wife said, "All we can do is pray about it," and I stopped and prayed, I remember thinking, "There is. This is my family. There's no way I can leave them. They are mine to protect." And that second, when I said that prayer, I made up my mind that I wasn't leaving, that I wasn't ever leaving. So to me, after so much time went by, what I took it, and my wife did the same thing after we talked about it, that this one incident actually probably saved our marriage because I was leaving the next day. If that wouldn't have happened, I was leaving the next day. Now, I don't know. You know, it depends on what you believe. And, you know, a lot of people have seen these orbs, and I've seen them again, too. But it's not always some kind of special spiritual situation or whatever in which these things appear. A lot of people just see them randomly. But I know in that first incident, that's what happened. And that's kind of how I took it. And it, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I, well, well. Listen, I got to admit, the the most unbelievable part of this whole story is that you said that your wife was wrong, okay? (laughs) Because we all know (laughs) that women are never wrong. (laughs) So I'm just going to put that out there for all the women. Dude, I told you. You're not wrong. That's (laughs) – But you you are – like, so I don't know how any of the the orb stuff ties into any of the rest of the stuff that you're going to tell us. But in this instance – I, you're right. It almost seems like it, it was there to to keep you from doing what you had made up your mind to do. And it kind of was like uh, we're, we're going to keep like maybe it was like your guardian angels, like everybody's like little guardian angel came and like, OK, we're going to we got to watch these guys. They're, they're, they've got other stuff to accomplish together as a family. And this is going to be what keeps them together you know something like that i mean that's what that's the vibe i feel like when you're telling that like what other reason would 
like little balls. Well, I mean, it completely, it completely <laughs> threw my faith. I never lost my faith in God, even with all the stuff that happened. But I lost my faith that he cared, that he had my best interest in heart. After all the crap, even though it tells you all this stuff in the Bible, and, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but at the time, all I felt was anger. And uh, when that happened, man, that changed everything for me. Not only did it, it show that, hey, things exist that are not supposed to exist, but to me, it felt like somebody was listening. That this stuff all wasn't just just a mistake all these mm -hmm. things happen and then whenever you don't listen that maybe sometimes things come along to push you down a direction that you need to go that you were supposed to go you know and that you didn't know it and that's the way i felt and it you know it didn't happen overnight but i mean me my wife and i've been married 13 years and uh <laughs> i've got everything i want out of life you know i went from you know, 2012, barely hanging in there to uh, not even 10 years later, you know, everything in our life is just amazing. You know, now it's not to say it's going to stay like that. But but uh, I mean, and right now you're on top of the world. I mean, you're talking to me and Jason. I mean, come on, let's be real. Right. I mean, how much, <laughs> how much better does it get? <laughs> I mean, so how, how free, I mean, okay, it's one thing to see a ball of light outside flying around the outside of your house. But once that thing comes inside and is not even the same, because right. You said the, the one outside is about, yeah, the one outside was huge. was huge. It was huge compared, compared to this. I, wow. And so you're seeing it in the daytime and at night, right? It doesn't, it, it didn't matter. You're seeing this little ball. light. well, it's so <clears throat> it didn't even have to do anything. Just the fact that it, was there was just it was just life altering mm -hmm. you know all in its and i did you know for a while i thought ufos i even wound up calling one of the uh i want to say it was uh mufon and uh try to talk to somebody there and i explained it to them and they're like man uh sounds more like a spiritual thing than ufos and i'm like yeah you're you know you might be right and because I was lost. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff before. I didn't I, I didn't believe in it. I had very little interest in stuff like this. I'd never experienced anything like this. I didn't know anybody who experienced anything like this. So, uh, you know, I went looking for answers, and at first UFO made sense. And then after that, it was just, you know, now it seems so obvious. But, uh, but as things went further is where it kind of gets complicated because – now, I don't know the exact order of some of this stuff, but basically for, for 2012 to about 2015, 2016, uh, between my household, me, my wife, two kids, and my other neighbor's house, there's been seven of us that have seen orbs here. Uh, one of them was my daughter and this was another situation i think this is the second time it happened where uh we were having a real bad storm she got in bed with us we were all asleep and she said she prayed uh she was really scared and this white ball of light 
about the size of a softball appeared over my nightstand. And she said all of a sudden she felt protected and like everything was going to be fine. Uh, I know that was the second one. Uh, the third time was we came home right before sunset. Me, my wife, my two kids, uh, we were at baseball, softball practice, something like that. We came home. We get out of my truck and probably 40 yards away in the wood line, there's a little blue orb and it's probably maybe the size of a baseball probably. And I can't remember which one of my kids, one of them said, what is that ball of light? And I said, y'all get in the house. Well, they ran and got in the house and believe it or not, this is where I was at back then with this. I still didn't really know what was going on. I went and got a pistol and I came out and I walked back out to where I had seen the ball of light and I just shot a couple, couple rounds into the ground, but it was obvious that it was a, I didn't know what else to do. It was obvious that it was a glowing ball of light. In fact, whenever we were walking towards the house and they took off, it went backwards back into the woods really quick. And this is, you know, maybe an hour before sunset. So that happens. Uh, maybe a few years later, my neighbor, a couple of my neighbors have been saying they've been seeing balls of light. There's a. So you guys are all you guys are all talking about it. like everybody that lives back this lane. You guys right. are all letting each other know like that you're seeing stuff. That, right. But nobody's okay. really nobody's going into detail, which was really dumb. But we it was just casual questions until my one neighbor. He's about my age, a little older. <clears throat> he says, let me show you something. He pulls out his cell phone and pulls up a video of an orb, a ball of light that's changing color. It's multicolor, and it's going up and down, up and down. I said, where is this from? He said, dude, this has been between our house, our houses. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said about every every month, month and a half around, uh, I want to say, 5 or 6 a.m. because he gets up with his wife before she goes to work. He said, I can come stand out here and this ball of light will show up and it'll just go up and down, up and down and change color. And I'm like, dude, what in the world is this thing? He says, I don't know. We'll come to find out his, uh, and see, I wasn't into, I wasn't into all this stuff back then. You know, I was just trying to, I was just taking it as it, as it came and I didn't have the answers. I wish I would have got a copy of the video from him. Now he's not here anymore. He's moved, but, uh, come to find out his in-laws, they live, in the house in front of them, they had been seeing what they said were balls of light. So now all, all of us are seeing these. The last time that I saw these orbs was probably 2015, 2016-ish. I'm coming home from work at night. I used to work nights. And about a mile away from my house, there is a cornfield, a small cornfield on the side of the road, this old guy lives in the house across the street from it. And I noticed right before I got to it, there's this really bright white light and it's probably five feet off the ground. And I start slowing down. And as I get closer, it's another one of these orbs, but it's super bright. Well, I just stopped dead in the middle of the road. And now there's another one on the other side of the cornfield. They're both next to the road, but One's on one side of the cornfield and one's on the other. And they're both about five feet up and they're the same exact color. 
well, there's another car coming behind me. And again, hindsight is 2020. I wish I would have just stayed in the middle of the road and got this person that's behind <laughs> me out and been like, do you not see this? But I didn't. But uh, so this car is coming. So I just, you know, I keep going. But that's the last one I've seen. Uh, I've got a picture of one. I took a picture of one. This happened last year. Um, something was made a sound behind the house, which is normally how all this stuff starts. Either that or my dogs go crazy. And uh, I went out there. I'm videotaping. And there's like this isolated looking whirlwind right next to my chicken coop. And I see a flash of light is all I really see. Well, I checked the video and it's actually a blue orb that appears for uh, like half a second and then goes away. But that's the last one that that I've seen. And I said, I, I guess that's maybe, yeah, that's last year. So basically, uh, that's all that's been going on up until this 2015, 16-ish time frame. Well, basically how all the other stuff happened is my neighbor had um, – a preteen daughter and a teenage son and somebody was coming out here at night and throwing sticks and rocks and stuff at my neighbor's daughter's window banging on the house there was even one time where uh basically the stuff would happen and we'd see lights flip on or they'd call us or whatever and i'd want i'd grab a gun and wind up going over there for the longest time we thought all of us thought we were chasing somebody. I thought it was teenagers because of the teenagers that are living there. Somebody's messing with them or something like that. But we couldn't ever catch anybody. So my neighbor calls me over there one day, one afternoon. He says, you got to look at this. So I go over there and uh, his daughter's windows on the second story and it faces the wood line. There's probably 80 feet a yard and then there's wood line. Right there against the bottom of this big, huge uh, pine tree is a worn spot where it looks like some, it looks like a a giant man had been sitting up against that pine tree with his butt in the same spot for, for months. Like this spot was just totally worn down in the perfect shape of legs and a butt almost. And it's right below his daughter's window. I'm like, dude, man, who's... This is crazy. This is terrible. And he was, now he's thinking like sex traffickers or something, you know, something crazy. Somebody's going to kidnap my daughter. And of course, I didn't have any answers. Um, but they kept calling me over there and stuff would happen, but we never could see anybody. Uh, his teenage son was like, told me that he was, they were actually walking down the road with the grandfather and he got hit with a rock. I'm like, who in the hell? And this kid walks around with a gun all the time. So does his grandfather. And I'm like, who in the hell is throwing rocks at two almost grown men, an old guy and a teenager with guns while they're and walking the, down the road? In the day in the daytime? No, or, that, ha that oh, happened at night. At night, okay. Right. Okay. So all this weird stuff's happening. And uh you know, I wound up going over there one time and found these little uh now. I know what they are. They're markers, but basically they were, there were three sets of two sticks together in like a cross pattern stuck in the ground. They were probably, I don't know, 
maybe five feet apart. And it's on kind of like the ridge line before you get to their house. Because I'm looking for tracks. I'm looking for anything. This is, In fact, it had been going on so much that about, it was almost once a week, once every two weeks, they were calling the sheriff's department. And the sheriff's department would send somebody out here. Because we never could catch anybody. But, uh, and they couldn't either. I mean, there's nothing they can do. By the time they get out here, you know, there's not really a crime been committed. And, you know, what are they going to do? But, uh, so anyway, after one of the evenings, something happened. I go over there and there's these little stick things. Well, I, I walk up to them and I'm looking at them. And then I keep going up the hill towards the house and then the dogs start barking. And I stop and I go back down the hill a little bit and they quit. Well, I walk back up the hill again and I stop at the sticks. And then I take a step over the sticks and the dogs start barking. So later on, I, you know, I didn't know that then, but I put together that it seemed like what was going on is because they had like five dogs over there that they had actually marked, put these little stick markers in the ground. You go past the stick markers, the dogs can see you. If you don't go past the stick markers, you can't. You know, he doesn't have little kids out there playing around in the yard, sticking sticks in the ground. You know, I, I at least knew that they were, they were intentional. I didn't exactly know what it was, but I knew it was, to me, it looked like a clue of something going on. Well, by the, I can't remember. I don't know if anything had happened in my house yet or not. I don't think so. But anyway, one of the last things that happened over there that was really like a real aha to me was they called. Now, they had seen the teenage boy had seen someone, but it was from about 100 yards away. And they said it was a black guy, a big black guy in all black at night is was his description. And the guy was standing on the trail. And he ran out there and yelled at him and cussed at him, and the guy ran off into the woods. That's the only only time anybody had ever seen anything. But he said he was too far away, but it was a big, big, huge black guy. And uh, so nobody had seen anything. Well, I'm I'm here at the house. I hear gunfire. I'm like, what in the world? So I go and I grab my gun. The lights are all flipped on at the neighbor's house. I run over there. He's standing out in the middle of the yard. I said, dude, what happened? He said, man, somebody slammed against, I can't remember what he said. It was either a slam against the side of the house or a rock thrown at the window. Something happened. So he grabbed his AR. He came outside and he shot a couple rounds in the ground. He said, I called the cops. I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to stand here with a gun while the cops are coming. So I'm going to go over here in, the, in between our houses and I'm just going to watch over you until they get here. And he said, all right. So I go, I'm about probably 60 yards away from him. I'm taking a knee in the wood line. I got my rifle. I'm watching him. He's just standing there right in the middle of the with in the yard with his arms crossed, pistol on his hip. All of a sudden, a stick about 14 inches wide or long, probably as bigger than my thumb, comes flying out of the wood line. It hits him dead in the chest. And it bounces off. It scares him so bad that he's he says, Oh crap but a different word starts running towards the house and falls going up the step and then goes into the house. And I am shocked. Like what, what idiot just 
threw a stick at him while he's standing there with a gun when five minutes earlier he just shot into the ground. It completely blew my mind. Now, that's that's all I saw. I didn't see anything but the stick hitting. I talked to him the next day. He said the same thing. I saw somebody hit me with a stick. I'm like, all right. By this time, I think I had already started. I couldn't figure out why, whatever this was, whoever it was, was running circles around us. I think in the back of my head, I had also started, believe it or not, my kids were watching Finding Bigfoot. Um, I think some of the stuff was soaking in. There was, it was just off and I couldn't put my finger on it. It just did not feel like a human being. But the first time something happened at my house, uh, the dogs went nuts. They ran to the fence. There's a wood pile over there or, uh, it was a pallet. I walked over to the pallet. I went to stand up on the pallet, shine my light in the woods. And then it sounded like a telephone pole hitting another telephone pole. It was loud. I know now it's a wood knock, but back then I did not know what a wood knock was. It was so loud that it was confusing. I couldn't figure out what in the world, how somebody even made this noise. But that was the first time something happened over here. I don't know what the switch was. I don't know why. Because before that, nothing was really going on except one night there was, uh, my wife called me when I was at work, said somebody was, in the woods, she could see their shadow behind this old car that we had parked in the woods. Well, I told her to go get her gun. I told her where to aim it, and I said, squeeze off a couple rounds, and she did. And nothing happened. She didn't see anything. All she saw was a shadow before this. But nothing ever happened over here. That was the first night something happened. Well, a few, I don't know how long after that it was, but uh, same situation. I've got a horse fence around my whole yard, and this horse fence comes into play because everything happens on the outside of the yard, on the edge of this fence at the wood line. My dogs go nuts again, and uh, they run up to the fence. Well, I got a flashlight. I run out there, and I can hear huge, heavy, bipedal steps, maybe 40, 50 feet away, if that. But it's in an area, I've cleared out the area now, but it's in a real thick area. It's got briars and uh, uh, pine saplings, stuff like that. And I could hear this big, heavy poof, boom, boom, boom. Well, I shine my light and it stops walking. I don't see anything at all. Uh, I can't hear anything. I turn my light off. It starts walking again. Boom, 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 boom. It's so thick in there, and I used the analogy before. I've, you know, my, my son's nine. I could not send him in there and say, I want you to walk through here, and I don't want you to move anything. It would be impossible. I have no idea how this happened, but I could hear the sound of this thing walking and crunching, bipedal footsteps, but I couldn't see anything, and I could not, nothing was moving. It just kind of blew my mind. And every single time I would turn my flashlight off, this thing would quit walking. Or, I mean, every time I'd shine my light on it, it would quit walking. I'd turn it off, and it would walk again. Well, it did this. I don't know how many times I did it. Five, six, seven times. Every time I shined the light, it would quit. I'd turn it off. It would keep walking. Well, it did that. It never changed pace all the way until it was out of earshot, which was I'm going to guess maybe 30, 40 yards. It went over the hill and then went down. Never saw a thing. 
that was the first time it kind of things kind of freaked me out. And I was, I guess I was already kind of on the fence that maybe that's Bigfoot was real. And that's what this was. Cause I didn't know what else to, to even think at this time. Human had gotten, it gotten a little more ridiculous to think a human was doing this than an actual Bigfoot. But, uh, so I started actually looking into it and, uh, I started learning some things. I started listening to podcasts, uh, watched the, uh, that show Finding Bigfoot, stuff like that. Started looking around. Well, my son and I were about a mile and a half behind the my house uh, at the wildlife management area, and I found my first track. We walked up on top of this hill, and there was a big, it was actually three-toed. It's about maybe 13 inches long. Uh, six inches wide at the hill. It was huge, but it had oh, three. Boy. Yeah, it had three <clears throat> big toes. And at the time, I didn't realize that they came. They had, you know, possibly have deformations or whatever. That is pretty common to have three toes. But to me, I'm like, wow, that's obviously a big, huge, bipedal something track. Well, later on, I wound up finding that same, it's the left foot. Whatever creature's running around out here, his foot has three toes on it because I've found it two other times. It's just the left foot. But anyway, so that's where that first track, it was kind of like solidified that, yes, this is probably the road I need to go down. And I really started digging into it and researching and trying to figure out you know, as, as much as I could, but, uh, I know we're at a, we're almost at an hour here. Do you guys, how, how long do you guys go? Do I need to? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. You're good. good. Yeah, you're Just good. keep on you're talking. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, I, we'll get Jason some coffee. You'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. You have had a very fascinating experience. Yeah. It's oh pretty, my goodness. Yeah. It's pretty out there and it gets, it gets crazier, mm. but, uh, but you're going to edit all this out, right? No, uh, no, this is, this is great no. stuff. No, oh, okay. no, no, we're not editing. No, we're not editing anything. <laughs> hey, all right, well, but, shut up and keep talking then. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yep. All right. Pull the microphone off. All right. So anyway, I'm pretty much into, I may have to go back a few times because like when I did my own podcast and I told my own story, I actually had to write it all down. There's so much of it and, you know, to stay in order. So uh, one thing I did leave out is when all this stuff was going on before I found the track, I put some lights up. There's a trail. Their house is in front of mine. And then there's, they've got their backyard and then there's this pine thicket that runs behind their house, but it's kind of beside my property. So they're kind of in front of me, but to the right. Well, there's a trail back there that runs back to this pine thicket. Well, when all the stuff started happening over here and basically sometimes it would just be a stick thrown in the yard. Or sometimes the dogs would just go absolutely nuts, and then I'd hear a sound that I didn't recognize, something like that. There's always just not everything was just, you know, something awesome. A lot of times it was just guessing or just something weird. But I put these big lights up, 
they were exactly 20 feet up this tree, the huge trees. Uh, there were solar lights, and uh, they got a sensor on them. So I put that up there um, on this trail that runs beside my house behind my neighbors. I figured that's had to be where people or whatever were coming from. First couple nights, the uh, the lights were tripping, and I'd grab a gun and I'd run out there and try to figure out, you know, what was going on. Well, after a few nights, it quit going off. So I got home from work and uh, went out there and checked on them, and they were turned. These things are twenty feet up in the air, you know. Not, it was to say somebody couldn't grab a stick or whatever, but they're made to where you're supposed to have to loosen the screw. They were pretty heavy duty to be able to move them up and down. Pretty, pretty hefty screw on there. And uh, these lights were just shoved straight up in the air. Like somebody just was standing right underneath it and pushed it up. Now, you know, a human could have, they could have pulled that off. You know, that's nothing, but that's just one of the things that happened. So I'm looking. I'm looking into the subject. In fact, I'm looking pretty hard by this point. Now, this is, uh, let's see, we're up to 2019, I believe. And yeah, that's when I had my surgery. Yeah. So I'm already looking into the subject and I'm, I'm, weird stuff's going on here. It's going on over at my neighbor's house, but I'm not really talking to them. I'm not telling them what I think it is, but I am still running over there whenever stuff happens. And, uh, you know, just us trying to help them out. But, uh, are my headphones keep messing up here. So anyway, 2019, I had, uh, two different surgeries. I had a rotator cuff surgery and I had to have a disc replaced. So I took some time off work and I had both surgeries done. I had rotator cuff surgery done first and then I had to wait however many months and then I had to have the, the uh, disc replacement in my neck. So I was home for about eight months. Well, when I started getting better and I was able to walk around and get out more, that's what I did. I would go out into the woods behind my house and you know look for stuff. And I wound up finding like uh, like five like trees that are about as big around as maybe a cantaloupe, and probably four or five feet tall, just shoved into the ground. I found three of them, twenty about twenty feet apart from each other, about five feet tall, shoved about a foot into the ground. And there's just three of them lined up. Well, in line with that, I found. I guess what you call my first structure. And it was basically just limbs that were from one boulder to another boulder. There was a big limb and then there were smaller limbs laid down, kind of like a roof, but on this boulder. Started finding stuff like I found other tracks down there because there's a where all this is behind my house, there's a creek. So I've been finding a lot of sign out there. And then every night the dogs were going crazy, you know, so I'm, but I'm still on the fence. I still haven't seen anything yet. So the better I get, the uh, the more the more I start doing, and the more determined I get. And I actually got frustrated by this point. It'd been going on for a couple of years. I hadn't got any answers. Uh, 
I thought it was a Sasquatch, but then again, I thought I was crazy for even thinking that the Sasquatch was real. You know, I just wanted answers. So I got pretty aggressive. I started going on nightly patrols in the area behind my house. I grab a flashlight. Um, by this time, I'd actually bought a thermal. That's how much into it I was. Going around, I'm crashing through the woods. I'm, if there's a structure that I think's a structure, I yank it down. You know, I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to get something to happen. And I do this for about a week every night and nothing happens. Nothing happens. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. Well, I was also at the same time, I'm building my kids. Kids have a tree house. And as I was getting better, I started working on the tree house. Well, I went on a patrol that night. Uh, nothing happened. Got up the next morning to go out and work on the tree house. I get done. It's probably, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes before sunset. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to pack up for the day. So I get done. I go and I sit on my front porch and I'm smoking a cigarette. And behind the tree house is kind of to my, it's to my right, like in the middle of my, of my side yard. And then behind that is the horse fence. And then past the fence, you go downhill and that's that little uh, pine thicket and trail that I told you about where I put the lights before. Right behind that area, there's a tree back there and it's just shaking back and forth. Just one tree, just whipping back and forth like somebody's down there just giving it hell. And this thing, the tree's probably, it's not a huge tree. It's bigger around than my leg. Or no, probably about the same size as my thigh probably is about how big this tree is. But it's just shaking. It's going nuts. And I, and I can't see like the bottom 10 feet of this tree because it's downhill. So I jump up and run out there and look and I don't see anything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely, that's, that's got to be what that is. You know, it's got to be. So that night, I'm like, I'm definitely going to go out and do my little, you know, my little patrol. I get all my stuff together. I open the door, and I've got German Shepherds. We actually breed them. But uh, I open the door, and all three of them go straight to the fence, that same side of the fence where that tree is. And they're going nuts. So I run out there. I go out of the gate. And I go to the top of the, the trail because you got to kind of go to the top of the trail and then come back down to where that tree is. I get up to the top of the trail. I'm shining my flashlight. I've got a thermal flashlight, parabolic, and a gun. I'm loaded. I'm ready to go. I start going down this trail, and then rocks start falling all around me. Boom, 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 boom. It's like somebody took a handful of rocks and threw them up in the air, but not one of them hit me. They all fell around me. And, it, you know, it actually kind of scared me. So I backed up a little bit, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, this is my chance. I got to I gotta tr try to figure out what's going on here. So I start walking again. Right when I get the same spot, same thing happens. Rocks start hitting all around me. Bam, 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 bam. But I don't get hit. And I stand there and I say, if you hit me with a rock, I'm going to start effing shooting. And I just stand there and I wait. Nothing happens. And this whole time I've got my flashlight out. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. I can't tell where it's coming from except for that pine thicket. Now, this pine thicket, I had been finding bones in. There's an area where it's like a big round circle, just pine straw. Perfect circle. And I'd been finding uh, 
just all these little bones in it, animal bones, different kinds of animal bones. So that's where this area is, and that's where you know these rocks are coming from. So I uh, said what I said, and I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. So I keep going down the trail. I get to the end. I'm pretty scared at this point, and I start. I'm shining my light everywhere. I got my gun out. I'm doing 360s, looking around. I don't see anything. I'm using my parabolic. I'm using my my uh, thermal. I don't see anything. I go back in the pine thicket. I don't see anything back there. I start making my way out, and it sounds like something small is kind of walking beside me in that thicket, but like really small, maybe a rat or a mouse. Um, so I keep going. I stop, it stops. I turn back around, I go back down the trail. Same thing. Just sounds really, really small. Nothing loud. Sounds like something walking beside me, but I don't see anything. Turn around, I go back up to the top of the trail. And I'm standing there and I'm using my thermal and I'm looking back behind my neighbor's yard. And uh, I pick up, uh, I don't know what it was. It was either a possum or a raccoon or something. It's on the side of a tree. Another heat signature basically comes up behind it, but I can't see it real well because it's actually in the woods. Well, that whatever that animal is, it jumps off the tree and runs off. So I'm standing there trying to figure out what this other heat signature is. But while I'm standing there off to my right, back where I just came from, that same thicket on that same trail about 30 feet away, something growls at me. And... That growl was the second pretty much life-changing event <laughs> in a row that happened out here. <laughs> this growl was uh, actually after uh, after all these years, I actually got it recorded and uh, that's on my, it's on the our YouTube channel. I've got the, the growl up there because it's happened again. But it was to be 30 feet away and have this thing growl at me like that. All the all the doubt that these things were real was pretty much over with right there because I, there was nothing else in my head on the planet that matched the, it wasn't even loud, but it was so deep that it was just that sound was enough to scare the crap out of me, you know, and this thing's, there's nothing in between me and it. Well, I keep, I still had the thermal up to my face. I got the thermal in my hand, but I'm so scared that I'm afraid to make a move towards it. Like I didn't even want to, I didn't use my flashlight. I didn't move my gun. I didn't do anything. All I did was take my face away from the thermal just enough. And I said, Hey, all I'm doing is checking your buddy out over here. But if that's your buddy behind my neighbor's house, and then I'm leaving. Well, I was I was recording the whole time on my thermal, but it doesn't have it doesn't have my old one didn't have audio. But I timed it. I could only stand there for three minutes, and I'm standing there basically that whole three minutes waiting to get hit with whatever this was. You know, I was petrified. I couldn't move. You know, and uh, I got done. I stood my ground by not leaving right away is about as much as I could muster just to not turn around and run off. But I didn't want to move. I stood there in the same position like a statue for three minutes. And then I slowly backed out. 
Well, from then on, it ramped up. Everything pretty much ramped up. Uh, I pretty much thought I messed up, that I had been too aggressive, pretty much. And I figured out I needed to change my, I needed to change the way I was doing things. Number one, guns. I had been told that these things were scared of guns. That's not true. Some of them might be. Maybe they've been shot at. But if nothing else, anybody out there listening that wants to get in this or whatever, be very careful about who you listen to and what you take as gospel. Because I was told by somebody who's very experienced that they don't, guns just scare them off completely. Well, that's not true at all. You know, I'm standing there with a gun, a parabolic flashlight, and a thermal, and it wasn't afraid of any of it. I had been in that area running around looking for it for 10 minutes. It wasn't afraid of any of that. All it did was circle back and get within 30 feet. And I'm trained. I'm trained to to not get snuck up on, and there was nothing I could do. But anyway, yeah, that that definitely changed. There was no more doubt in my mind. So it, uh, so I pretty much tra- changed strategies. I, I quit going I, I, out there. I, I want to ask you one thing. Do you think <clears throat> that these creatures knew that there was still doubt in your mind and they just thought, Jesus Christ, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to ramp it up to get this guy's attention. Cause that's what it seems like they've been trying to do is get you guys' attention. And that, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, do you think maybe they're taking the approach of, okay, we got to take it to the next level because this this dummy's not getting it. He doesn't. He doesn't. He well, doesn't think we're real. I don't. You know, it it would all be speculation. This. Yeah. The thing that changed was this is the first time I chased them. This is the first time that I really had a lock on them, and now my all my dogs know what's going on, but my female shepherd. This comes into play uh, later on. She knows when they are around, even when nothing's happening, even when there's no noise, whether it's smell, which it may have something to do with. But I've never I've never once had that bad smell. I know a lot of people have. I've never smelt it once. But my female shepherd, she knows she knows what they are. I don't know if she knows what they are, but she knows they're they're different. She doesn't. She does not act like it's a person or an animal when it's them around. It's completely different. And people, you know, people who own dogs, they know, they know their dogs. You know, they probably know what I'm talking about. But that night, it just all kind of came together, I think, really, because I was I had everything on me. I was already going out. They it may have been a little intense. I'd never had a daytime tree shake. I'd never had a daytime anything. So maybe they were, maybe they were calling me out. I don't know because they shook that tree that afternoon, you know, and that nothing like that ever happened. So maybe they were trying to get me out there to see what I was gonna do, or maybe to stop me from going in their area. I really don't know. You know, it's all. All I know is it went from being everything was pretty, pretty much over at my neighbor's. I was kind of on the perimeter of that. Uh, they weren't being very nice at my neighbors, but they weren't being like that at my house. I think maybe I just overstepped. 
you know, coming out there trying to find them or, you know, acting like Billy Bad Butt. I really don't know. It would all be speculation. But things changed once I changed. Once I quit. The only thing I did that week, it may have been two weeks, I don't remember, but I put out some peanut butter in the same spot where I thought they were at when it growled at me. And I put out a whole thing of peanut butter and a thing of, uh, like a little bitty Tupperware with some, just a scoop of peanut butter in it. And the next day I came out there and it was, the only thing left was the lid, the peanut butter lid. So whatever it was, whoever it was, took the lid off the peanut butter, left the lid, and then cleaned out the Tupperware thing, and then took the rest of the peanut butter with them. Do I know it was them? No, I do not. That's just what happened. So, well, you know, raccoons, you know, they usually can, you know, get together and take lids off of peanut butter jars and stuff. Yeah, I've had, uh, (laughs) I've had a. a, (laughs) No, I actually think I've actually watched videos of them getting into peanut butter jars because I had one I put up on a tree. I actually drilled the lid into it. And then screwed the peanut butter jar on there. Well, that up and disappeared. I'm like, there's no way a raccoon got into my peanut butter jar. Well, yeah, I can. So I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that raccoons could get like a, a, you know, well, a what big I jar th- of peanut butter and and do that. I think they would that, and I think they would break the lid. But I don't know, man. It's all. It's a. It's just a guess. You know, that's just what happened. But uh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the peanut butter, they take the peanut butter or whoever, raccoon, whoever, somebody took the peanut butter. I go out there at the end of this, my little waiting period, I go out there and I go back down that trail and go into where that little bedding area is. Well, right before you turn in there onto that little trail, there's three big rocks laying in the middle of that trail, kind of in a half moon shape pattern. And that's, if you go to our our Facebook page. I've posted those a couple times. Well, at this, by this point, my neighbors had moved out and there was nobody living there yet. So I knew my neighbors didn't do it. So something left three rocks right there on that trail where all this stuff had happened. And then shortly after that, my wife wound up finding three rocks inside my chicken coop lined up in the same way and a chicken coops enclosed on all four sides with fence and uh the only way to get in and out is the door and the rocks were too big to be dropped through the chain length either through the top or the bottom so somebody or something had to open the door or open the gate walk into the middle of this little yard area and put these three rocks there i don't know who did it but for whatever reason three rocks I think to them, three rocks mean something. Now, I don't know what it is, but I've seen it a couple times. But after the the rocks on the trail, it started having more activity over here. But it was, I'm sure I was in a different headspace. And that, there's only a couple times that it's been kind of, kind of freaky. One of them was, uh, I would get home from work late, probably, I don't know right before midnight, sometimes right after midnight. Anyway, I I park outside of my gate and I get out of my truck. And right before I get to the fence, there would be an owl, a barred owl. And it would just hoot one time. And most of the time it was probably maybe 50 feet away, 
six in between five six feet up in the woods and by this time i'd already heard about the fake owl stuff and it sounded off to me and i'm like okay they're messing with me but then again it could just be an owl well this happened at least once a week for a couple weeks i'd get off work and right before i hit the gate i'd hear that same owl call but one night the last time it happened i came home I get out of my truck. I'm walking to the gate. Right before I hit the gate, I hear that owl call, but it's only maybe 20, 25 feet away. And it's so close and so loud that the the uh, hair on my whole body just stands up. And I'm, I'm trying to get the gate open. I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh, crap. That's a little too close. And I get in and close the gate. I'm standing there looking around. Well, <clears throat> I make the same call they made back to them. And it was like, basically like two little kids. One of them was, it was only, there was two calls. And it wasn't the original calls. They were imitating the call that I did back to them. And it was a crappy call. And both two of them did the calls at the same time. One of them was on the ground and one of them was only four or five feet up maybe 25 30 feet away and there was two of them and they were it was almost like they were excited that i did it because they did the call i get in the gate and then i call back and they instantly at the same time call back to me and they basically were imitating my crappy call but uh i thought that was you know to me that was pretty obvious i didn't see anything but i know everybody that follows bigfoot they hear you know that that these things imitate uh different kinds of animals uh another thing that happened same situation i get home at night that's the second time i'm growled at and i wasn't too proud about this one i didn't tell people for a while but i pull up in my truck i open the door and i get growled at from right across my driveway probably 40 feet away same growl as from the woods and i looked around i didn't see anything i shut my door i called my wife i'm like hey uh there's something out here. I need you to get my gun and my flashlight and just meet me at the front door. <laughs> she says, okay. So I open my door. I jump out, close the door, go in the gate. I get my gun and my flashlight, and I kind of walk back outside and halfway look around. Uh, so that's the second time it's growled at me. Now, let's see, last year was the first time I actually saw anything. And basically what had happened was, you know, I'd spent all this time looking around and buying all this equipment and trying to sneak up on them. I'd actually started going out to other places, looking for them and everything. Well, I'm sitting, it's probably, I don't know, it's probably 2 a.m., 1.32 a.m. I'm sitting on my front porch. All three of my dogs are sitting on my front porch. I'm looking out. And I see, from lack of a better word, because I know it had to be what it was, a Sasquatch walking straight down my driveway. And it's completely pitch dark. But the problem is, I don't think they understand silhouetting. I don't, maybe, it was either he did it on purpose or he doesn't understand how silhouetting yourself works. 
because I'm looking straight at my neighbor's house. It's during, it's like October, November. There's no leaves on the tree. There's lights all over their house. So this is a hundred yards away. Plus they're downhill. Well, he comes walking down my driveway. My driveway goes at an angle kind of across the front of my house. So for about three seconds, I see the side of him and he looks like he's probably close to seven feet tall. Massive is complete body silhouette from the shins up. And it looks like he's got big, huge rock band hair is basically Joe. My partner laughs at me all the time talking about, uh, the, uh, one of the, the macho man, Randy Savage walked down my, my driveway, but that's what it looked like. He had big, huge hair and, uh, his arms were long for about three seconds. So I see the right side of him. Well, I stand up and he turns towards me. And now absolute, there's no doubt in my mind. And people say four feet wide, they're not lying. He was every bit of four feet wide, but he's looking his upper half of his body is looking at me straight on, but his feet are still walking like his feet and his legs never, he never changed directions. He's like walking the same direction he came in on, but just the upper half of his body has now turned square on right at me. So it's about, so I see him about three seconds from the side and then three seconds straight on. Mm. So that happened last year. That's the first time I actually saw anything, but wow. that was, uh, and your and your dogs were out there on the on the porch with you, and they didn't move. They didn't make a sound. They had no idea. After all this time, that's why it, it's still to this day it blows my mind. All the effort and time that I spent, all the all the times my dogs had caught them, everything else, and he just comes strolling down my driveway, <laughs> basically, <laughs> like ha ha. But yeah, they didn't even move. They didn't move at all. And I went out there. Part of my driveway is gravel. Part of it's sand. I looked for tracks. I didn't see anything at all. But uh, yeah, that's the first. That's the only time that I've actually seen one. And it's still, you know, I say it's not good enough. You know, that's why I keep doing this. I want a daytime sighting and I want to see. But there's no doubt in my mind what I was looking at. This thing wasn't human. So... And then after that happened, I just dove in head first. And I've just progressively doing more and more and more. And basically what I did was go from having interactions around here. There's been three different times that they've thrown stuff from the woods, not at my dogs, but to my dogs. Uh, I think it's been two rocks and a stick coming from either side of the, the, the woods. It'll fly, it'll hit the ground and slide and land like right underneath their feet. The first time it happened, my dog looked at me, looked down at the rock, picked it up, whimpered, dropped, and then ran up on the porch. It's just little stuff like that that happens, you know, happen constantly. But I had to, uh, what I want to do is try to find them during the day. Like what is, uh, they got to be they got to be going somewhere during the day. So my best bet was the wild, my wildlife management area behind my property. Now it's, there's a little bit of private property between me and it. So it's about a mile away. So I go in from, I leave my house, takes me about six, eight minutes to get there. I park, 
I go in the management area and basically now I'm walking towards my house is how it's, how it's laid out. So I started checking this management area out and I started finding, uh, I found tracks, I found structures. I tried, you know, I found pretty much the, the basic stuff everybody's looking for. After about two years of that, maybe a year and a half of that, I kept going further and further in and I'm like, well, uh, <clears throat> I need to get to the point to where the management area ends and it's the, the closest part to my property. I want to see if there's any kind of like boundary markers or whatever. So I went in there one day, I'm looking around and, uh, I don't know. I don't know how long it probably takes me about, uh, 30, 45 minutes we'll walk in. Maybe longer, it's probably about an hour, and I'm, I start walking out. And for whatever reason, like during that that whole time, I didn't record. I recorded everything in front of me, stuff I was doing, stuff I was looking at or whatever. But I de- I've got a setup that I use to record behind me. It's a GoPro and a gimbal, and I strap it to a pack. So I wasn't doing any recording behind me. But for whatever reason, for and the video is like 54 four seconds long i just record behind me with my cell phone well i get done for the day i come home i look at my video i don't see anything it goes to the next day i pull the same video up and i notice that what it looks like i have on video to me is probably an adult Sasquatch and possibly a younger one with it that walked right out into the middle of the road behind me and then crawl either one of them crosses and goes across the road. And one of them looks like it goes back to where it came from and starts coming towards me. It took me, I couldn't even remember where I took the video at because it was the only video that I took that day. And I didn't even remember where I was at. It took me almost, it took me two months to find the same spot in the road. But I went back and I finally found it and I did comparison videos. That's also on the site on our uh, Facebook page. And I did a breakdown of it on the YouTube channel and stuff, but it's 165 yards away. And you know, it's definitely a blob squatch. It's the what happened to make me go out and spend a lot of money on cameras and gimbals and stuff because I didn't ever want this happening again. But it's they're right out in the middle of the road, and it looks like uh, it's knuckle walking. So that basically propelled me further <laughs> down the road. I just kept getting more and more. I'm like, all right, now I think I know. At least I think I know where we're at or where they're at during the daytime. So I went back again to that same area. And on my way out, there was a rock pile probably about 100 yards away from where I had taken the original video there. I stopped to look at the rock pile, and then something jumps out of a tree and lands on the ground. I got that recorded. I went back again and I got it recorded where there's a a stick that comes over my shoulder and lands on the ground. So I think I pretty much pinpoint where they were at during the day. Something kind of weird has happened since then, though, is they've. uh, In the middle of deer season, this season, they decided to completely redo the road and regravel it, and then they blocked it off. 
I don't know. I don't know why they would do that, but right where their bed is or whatever, where I think their bed was, they've pretty much completely blocked anybody from being able Now, uh, I guess a conspiracy theorist would say they've been, the government's been watching my videos and they, they don't like it, but if nothing else, it kind of messed up my, I, I haven't had anything happen out there is basically what I'm getting to. I don't think it's just conspiracy theorists that would say that. I think a lot of Bigfoot researchers would say, would say that, you know. Well, it was really weird because after, you know, I posted it up there. I posted on our, our uh, Facebook page and stuff. stuff every, the barricade, they put these, like the, the size of blocks they use, these concrete blocks they use on this road is like what we would use in Iraq, you know, to keep people from using uh, – vehicle-borne IEDs to run into us with. But anyway, it's pretty, it was crazy. And then shortly after I posted that stuff, I got hacked. My Facebook account did. And still, it happened a month and a half ago. My, I still can't do live on my Facebook. So I don't know what's going on. It's a bunch of weird stuff. But anyway, uh, I know we're running long. The last thing that happened around here is uh, my dogs went crazy. Or no, they actually didn't even go crazy this night. I heard something that sounded like a slap or something that there's a tarp over my chicken coop. It sounded like something messed with that. So I walked down there and uh, my dog walks down there with me. She didn't really react to the, the, the noise. She didn't really go crazy, but she knew something was up and she followed me. We walked down to the end of... We walk down the sidewalk. I get on my driveway. I'm looking around, and I say hello. Well, by this time, my dog is going behind my house into the other corner. So she's over there, and I say hello. Well, from probably about maybe 30, 40 yards away, there's a, and it's the same growl that that I've been growled at, you know, two other times. I've got that. I've got that recorded. It's on a video. That's on our. <clears throat> I I think I did see that one. I, I think you sent that one to us. Yeah, I sent that to you. And <laughs> I, I'm not a uh, I'm not an audio guy. I'm learning all this stuff as I go. But uh, all I did was take the the audio from that video and slowed the tempo down, and it makes it unbelievably obvious to hear this growl. But if anybody goes and they check it out, that's that's the growl that I've been talking about that's happened around here three different times. This growl is crazy. Just but and, and and why do you and I know it's purely speculation, but like when you got out of the car the one time, do you think they're they're doing that to let you know, hey, look, we're here. Just just don't come any closer or you, you know, know, I just kind of I don't know if they're messing with me or I've had just recently, a couple weeks ago, I can't remember how it even started, but I walked out there again. I don't even think I knew anything was back there. I think I just had time and the dog was kind of sniffing around and I was actually out there for about five minutes and I'm, I say hello, and I'm looking around, and I take my phone. I got my phone out. I'm recording. I've got the light on it, and I shine it on myself. 
And I'm like, can you see me? I'm just guessing at this point. Well, I hear a, the sound of a can being crushed. And I'm like, holy crap. And it's probably same area where I got growled at, that the growl we were just talking about, this last one. So I go and get, get a can and uh, walk back to the same spot, and I'm crushing it just like they did, you know, trying to see if I can get a response. Well, then I get a, a slap. It sounds, sounds less like a wood knock and more like a slap, like maybe it slaps its chest or it claps or something. So I break my own rule and I go and I, I've got a flashlight on me already, but I go out of the gate and I circle back around in my woods and I have to kind of have to go out and then come back to get to the spot where I think they are. And I'm recording this whole time and, uh, I don't hear anything. I get back there to around the same area where the growl came from too. And I look down and there's a stick stuck straight in the ground with another stick pointing at my at my house so i'm i'm standing over the stick and i'm looking towards my house and there's kind of like a a little bit of a thin area in the little in the woods between my house and where i was standing or it's basically a hole through the woods to where you can see where i was standing at and that's where this stick is so i don't <laughs> listen i, don't I gotta know. Say- I got to tell you, I hope this, I hope this is Bigfoot because that would be really even be freakier if it was people out there marking spots where you, where they yeah, can sit. I mean, think, think about that. If it, if, if you let yourself think that if these are people like, like circle in your house and hiding in the woods right. and, and watching it, that's way freakier than thinking it's a Bigfoot. And it, uh, in and my book. also would be like the most boring <laughs> way. They, they're they not doing like amazing stuff. You know, they just make a, it's somebody who's just watching that makes, that might throw a rock every once in a while. <laughs> it's like the most boring peeping Tom in the world. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, and there's things, I mean, we've gone forever now, but there's things, there's a lot of stuff I had to leave out and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'll probably think of things later on. But, man, it's just been stuff like that over and over again. I am, you know, at this point, I'm 99.9% sure that there is something that exists called a Sasquatch. And it lives around here. And that's what I've been dealing with this whole time. And I've got more. I've got vocals. I've got vocals of them. They make a, I call it a war cry because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a pack of Native Americans about to, you know, burn my house down is basically what it sounds like. Sounds like chimps trying to make a war cry is what it sounds like. But I've got that recorded. I've got that on the channel. Uh, it's just, I've got a few interesting thermals. There's no, I don't have anything where it looks like, you know, the, uh, Patterson Gimlin film, anything near like that. But I do think I've got a juvenile on thermal. I got another thermal I'm looking at right now from the other night. But, you know, I've upped my game about as much as my, you know, without my wife wanting to divorce me. I just got a really, really good thermal, a pulsar. So, uh, you know, well, remember, keep going, man. And we established yeah. that early, early in the podcast that she's right. Always. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, OK, so so remind everybody what your Facebook page is and what your 
the name of the podcast that you guys do so they can go check out some of this evidence or some of these videos and stuff that you have so they can see for themselves. Yeah, it's the, uh, the Sasquatch Encounter Brigade, and it's on YouTube, and it's a Facebook page. Yeah, and I encourage everybody to go, go, you know, check out the Facebook page, become members if they if if they if they can, and and just kind of follow along what's what's going on there, you know. Yeah, but you know, ninety percent of it is all stuff that's hap- happening around here. I put it up, you know, my partner, his story. Hopefully, you know, you guys will have him. He's got a really good encounter with a lot of supporting evidence from other encounters in the area. And uh, we've got, you know, people like Happy. He was, uh, he's been a guest on our podcast. And we're actually, where his incident happened is maybe five miles from where my partner's hunting property is. So what we're going to do is, uh, I think at the end of January, we're all going to go out there. You know, this the, the land that Happy had his encounter on, pretty much untouched except during hunting season, and it's huge. Yeah, that, so, yeah from what I remember, it is. It's what hundreds, if not thousands, of acres, right? Right. It's, I can't. I can't remember how much it was, but I think there's a couple different parts. And uh, you know, my partner's got strange stories from that area too. Nothing definite. No sighting at that area but uh the stuff that that's happened with him five miles away from you know what happened with happy you know we're hoping hoping we can find something you know you never that's all you can do is try to find uh i also sent a text to happy while we were talking because he contacted me i hadn't heard from him in a while after we did uh after he came on our podcast and you never know with people who who haven't done a lot of podcasts or anything you don't know how it's going to go with them you don't know how their family or friends or anything is going to take it when they come out and start telling people these stories so i was kind of and i we'd already scheduled going out with him to his property and uh i'm kind of sitting back waiting for the fallout i don't know whether you know, it went good. He enjoyed it, how he feels about it, <laughs> what, you know, what's going on. Well, he contacts me, he says, man, I got to tell you something. He said, number one, he hadn't been hunting in, I think, 20 years, he said. He said he, he signed up for a lease and he's getting back out in the woods. I'm like, man, that is great. So that's one thing that, you know, you can't buy that, you know, getting that back. Yep. You know, having that taken away from somebody, you know, because of something like this and then, being able to help him get it back you know that's what you guys did with letting him come on your show you know and then we met because he's also in georgia too and then he got more confident and he told you know he told his story again so that happened and then he said he had to go to a it was some family event or something and he's talking to an old buddy of his and his old buddy, after they talk about all this serious stuff, he said, this is a, I think it's a, the guy's a dairy farmer or something. He said, this isn't the kind of time, type of guy to make up stories or to BS you. And he just got done telling him a very personal family story, which he didn't tell me either because it was personal. But the conversation was pretty serious. And uh, they get done talking about it. And he looks at me and says, man, I heard your podcast. I heard about your story. He's like, really? He's like, well, what'd you think? 
and uh, he said, man, he says, there's stuff that's happened out here. He lives in the same area where Happy had his his uh, incident happen. He said, I've seen stuff out, stuff out here that will turn you white. And uh, that's all this guy told him. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – I think it's going to be a good area, and it also it. I was, it sounds like it's a great area. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to check it out at the end of this month, and hopefully we can get something. We also want to document, you know, Happy's. We want to find a spot that it happened. You know, take a little bit of video there and let him explain his story again. But uh, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that, that really yeah. would. And really uh, would. make sure you contact us and fill us in on uh, see how that uh, adventure went. Jason, yeah, I man. think we're getting the second scoop after he has it on his podcast. I well, just have a sneaky feeling. I just have a sneaky feeling. We'll get second. <laughs> you'll, you'll, hey, but you're definitely going to get second. I promise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well, Johnny, I appreciate, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. I mean, uh, look, I'd have moved. I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't live where you're living because after the orbs, I might have been gone. So, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I would have stayed very here, interesting. Yeah, I would have stayed <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, you can listen to it. Absolutely. It's, it's just super interesting, man. It and sure it's, is. Uh, I got to be, be totally honest. Like, I sit here and um, and uh, Christy and I are like, you know, when, when I'm ready to retire, which isn't too far, and she can work from wherever, and, uh, you know, I've got a lot of, a lot of writing projects and the, and the podcast. I'm like, man, I'd just like to move somewhere out in the woods and, 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 uh, you know, have that time to be able to just relax and, and do all this stuff. And then I hear these stories and I'm like, I'm no way I'm not moving out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. Like, well, I've it, been sounds going so, the... it sounds so intriguing. Right. It's so cool. And then you're like, I don't know if I could do it. I just because remember, I'm an enthusiast. Right. I'm not a researcher. I'm not a researcher. <laughs> well, I've been going at night to the, uh, you know, I do. I've got a partner. His name's Mike Taylor. He's a professional mountain climber. And I go to North Georgia with him. But everything I do around here is by myself. And I go out to the management area at night by myself. And uh, it's already freaky enough. But a couple of weeks ago, man, I went to got together with a couple of experienced researchers and they showed me pictures of a dog man and they had never, they never really looked in the dog man either, but they were approached by an individual and that heard their stuff, trusted them. The guy's been doing his own research for, I think they said 30 years. And, uh, he, he showed he, basically he pulled up these pictures on a laptop and let them take pictures of it. And that's what I saw. And those pictures that I saw, let me tell you, it changed my outlook on the dog, man, unless there was a, quite a bit of money spent on coming up with these fake photos. It's, it changed my perspective on what I do at night alone. Let me tell you that. Because I didn't wow. really, I didn't, I didn't think too much about it before. You know, I knew it wasn't. It's probably not the smartest thing in the world to do. But then, the reality that something like that might also be out there. You know, it's kind of changed the way I do things a little bit. But there's a lot of stuff out there, man. This world's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot more going on out there than what we're aware of. But uh, right. that's why we have a you know show like this. We want to hear people's perspective hear what they've experienced, 
try to find some answers. Yeah. Well, so I can definitely yard so a good job at it. So, oh, yeah. so I can listen to everybody's stories in the nice comfort of this office <laughs> on a second story in the middle of a cornfield so I can see what's coming. That's I think, a- I think for Christmas, you're going to get a plane ticket to come out here to go out with me and happy. That's what's going to happen. We're going to oh, change. Dear. We're going to change from you being an enthusiast to an investigator. Come on. There you, you go. It. That's hey, right. listen, I got, I got to be honest. Uh, if I've had a couple of experiences that you guys have had, I wouldn't be that enthused anymore. I'm just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it sounds great. I mean, listen, I, you know, we joke around about it. it, it like I, I, man, I just, it would be really cool to experience that. The problem is, is you don't get to have your experience how you when and how you want to have it. Oh no, exactly. no, of course not. <laughs> so, so, so and I consider myself extremely lucky. I mean, yeah. I was slow walked into this over yeah. a period of years. It was from the time I even started thinking it was a Sasquatch till I actually saw one. It was probably two years. You know, it wasn't a, like a lot of people's where this they just run up on something in the middle of the woods and it's like, Oh crap, these things are real. You know, it, this yeah. seeing these things has a real tendency to mess people's lives up. And, yeah. Uh, well, I do you appreciate know, you coming on and sharing it with us. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we do. We yeah. do for sure. Yeah. Well, we I do. appreciate you guys having me on. I know I'm on and I'm, you know, I'm new at all this. This is only the, the third time I've even told my story anywhere. So it, uh, well, I have a feeling that you it. guys. I have a feeling that you guys are going to have some more stories to tell. Oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's a pretty well, active that's, area that's the goal. Uh, that you guys <laughs> that are going to be hunting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. so yeah. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, you know, about you guys' trip back out there just to see what uh, see what happens. So yeah, you but, know, if nothing, even if we don't find anything, just to see where that happened to. You know, happy. It may, oh yeah, may help him get you know a little more resolution. You never know, man. It's uh, I think it'll be a good time though. He's excited about it too. Oh yeah, so that's good. Well, everybody, I hope uh, I hope everybody goes and checks out the Sasquatch Encounter Brigade and uh, you know see what you guys got going on over there because it's a cool page and check out the podcast and um, you know hope maybe there's people listening to us from Georgia that didn't know you guys exist and, and they can reach out and contact you guys and um, fill in the blanks a little bit more about some, some places there in Georgia. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it out there. One of our specialties and one of the things that we, I pride myself on is if somebody tells me something, unless you specifically tell me I have permission to share it with someone, it doesn't go any further. Right. It doesn't. Right. It won't even go any further with my group members unless you tell me, and that's the only way that you know I feel like we cannot. There's no. There's no information out there worth getting over on people or burning people, and I, you know, I bring that up because I see it all the time. You know, dealing with people. Uh, my wife especially rolls her eyes when I say the word the community the Sasquatch community, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you see it all the time, but you know, anything anybody tells me, unless I give her permission is kept between us. So somebody has something, you know, in the, I'm, I won't give my exact location, but I am Northwest of Atlanta. 
So, you know, think about that. Anybody out there got anything going on or just want to talk to people, you know, yep. hit us up. I can talk about Sasquatch all day long. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, all right. You, all right, Johnny. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yep. I appreciate it guys. Yep. You take care. You take. Yep. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the from the shadows podcast until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.